Welcome to the Republican Professor. This morning for me in California and this afternoon for our guest in New Jersey, we have a special, special guest, Danka Kissel, a new U.S. citizen, has, has agreed to join us and tell us about that whole thing about becoming a United States citizen. Welcome, Danka. Um, thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, Lucas, is that how I should? Yeah. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Sometimes people just call me idiot and then I, I turn yeah, around right. either way. So, you know. <laughs> well, well um, I, I heard about you for the first time from somebody who said there is an intelligent professor who, um, who is really uh, very interested interesting to know so um and i think i heard about you from um lance Walnow. you might have a group yes of people we, really... we had lance on the podcast <laughs> i've known lance for many years and in fact mm -hmm. i know i think you're talking about lance Walnow senior uh because yes. i know his son who has the same name junior lance Walnow junior oh. i've known him for even longer because I was his professor at Pepperdine University. Um, oh, so maybe was... he told his dad about you. Yes, that's how it happened, I think. Mm -hmm. um, I had Lance Jr. in class there at Pepperdine. This would have been 12 or 13 years ago, something like that. Mm -hmm. I think 13 years ago. And he was a delightful kid to have in class, a very fine sense of humor. That's what I remember about him was he was very, very, he, he laughed at everything I said. So that may, that means he's got a very sophisticated sense of humor. And, right. uh, and then I was friends with him on Facebook for a few years. And then, then I got a, uh, a friend request from a guy named Lance Wallnow. And I was like, wait, I thought we were already friends. I wonder what happened. Did he accidentally defriend me or something? Maybe I offended him mm -hmm. and he changed his mind or something, but I couldn't imagine Lance Jr. getting offended by anything I would ever say. <laughs> so it was puzzling to me. And then mm -hmm. I saw that I was still friends with Lance Jr. So this, maybe this is a fake account, but then I looked oh, and it was, it was, a uh, he was, um, it, he appeared to be a real person because he had something like, um, 40,000 followers or something, five fifty. I thought this cannot mm -hmm. be a fake account. This guy, mm -hmm. and it looked like he was some kind of preacher or something. So I was like, oh, this is his dad, the same name. Okay. I got it. So then we connected and that was awesome. And the dad is like the son wasn't offended by anything I was saying. <laughs> I don't think <laughs> anyway. So then and then eventually I met him in person. Um, mm -hmm. It took a, year, a few years, but then he started posting things that are more political. And now mm -hmm. his uh, following on, um, I don't really like that term follower. It sounds kind of dumb. I don't like the term, but mm -hmm. the people that keep track of what he's doing um, are connected to him. They, uh, they are now 20 times what what when we first connected i think he's got something like a million people 
following. Okay. Yeah. Maybe a little bit less, maybe like 800,000 or something, but, Uh but so um, it's, it's an honor to know you. We've gone back and forth online a few times and um, yeah, someone had mentioned, I think it was your husband because I'm connected with him as well. Mm -hmm. uh, Mentioned that uh, you were becoming a United States citizen and you became a United States citizen very recently. Yes, like within yeah. the last month, right? Yes, end of May. Congratulations. Yeah. Are you I, proud? I didn't think it Are would make any difference, but it did make me happy. And suddenly I started feeling like I belong, which was amazing. <laughs> you do belong. Yeah. You're yeah, one of us. I had no idea. Yes. Yeah, you're and, one of um, us. And my friends uh, started reminding me that anytime I criticize anything about America, like you Americans, that I have to say now, we Americans do this. <laughs> so I can't blame anybody else anymore. You'll have to come up with different words like communists. Yes. <laughs> because there are communists here. Oh, please. There are people that would like to change America into yeah. something that's not America. So, well, I have to, um, I don't know um, how to start this, but, um, you know, my story um, started right after the fall of communism. Uh, when I came here as a student, it was um, summer of 1990. Um, how old were you? The, uh, 22. And okay, um, so you, you, know, you know, you had good, you had, you were old enough to have memories. Yes, <laughs> definitely. Yes. Um, but, um, you know, the fall of communism was rather fresh. Um, for those that don't remember, it was um, fall of 1989. Um, when the changes took place in Germany and then slowly in what used to be uh, Czechoslovakia. Now it is. Um, I mean, it used to be two countries within Czechoslovakia, but uh, now it is two countries. Um, uh, but back Tell then, tell us it what was those two one. countries are again. Uh, there are two nations within the same nation. Um, it's Czech nation and Slovak nation. They have two different languages. Uh, they are very similar, and um, Slovak nation is smaller, and Czech nation is bigger, twice as big. Um, and people used to refer to Slovaks as Czechs okay. uh, for the longest period of time. Um, and the Soviets were the ones that put them together in the same republic? Is that right? No, actually, Soviets oh, okay. didn't have anything to do with it. So um, there was an Austrian-Hungarian empire before that, that covered mm-hmm. all the little nations within the empire. Um, and all those countries that are in Europe that um, used to be called Central Europe or Eastern Europe used to be part of this huge empire under the, you know, I'm not a historian. So if I say something that is incorrect, I don't want people to kill me. But uh, that little bit that I know is that for a thousand well, you're, you're years. Out of, you're out of the womb. So you're, you're relatively safe here in America. <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, uh, from what I remember, it uh, had been for a thousand, thousand years that um, the empire has um, 
uh, what would be the correct word? I don't want to say oppressed, but um, in some way govern over the little nations and yeah. um, kind of try to make them to be one. Yeah. And sometimes it meant that they try to um, make them to use the main language and lose, forget their own and all kinds of other tendencies. But uh, Donka, can um, we, can we, uh, can we start with where you were born and what language okay. did you learn as your mother language? Okay. Um, so I was born in a, in a little town that is uh, very near the Ukrainian border of Slovakia because Slovakia borders with Ukraine. And um, I was born in 1967. And um, what was, was the name of the town? What's the name of the town? Um, Michael. My Michael? Mike, Michael and then O-V-C-E. Yeah, Michalovce. That's what it is called. It's a Michalovce? O-V-C-E. Like Mi Michael, O-V-C-E. Michalovce. Michalovce. It's, it's a small town. Yes. Small town. Okay. In the eastern part. What do you, what do you, what do you mean by small? It, how many, how many people? Oh, I have no idea, but two, um, two people, it, it's you and small. your mom, it's tiny hundreds, um, thousands, I would say like maybe 50,000. You want me to oh, go? Okay. No, 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 it's fine. That's right. No, I was trying to get a sense okay. of, of how small a town this is. Is this little house on the prairie or is it, okay. is it more so, like, uh, just to, um, give you some comp uh, comparison, Bratislava, which is the capital of Slovakia, has about half a million of, okay. um, of people, and it's the, the largest city of the country. Oh, so is the, is the country rural? A lot, a lot of farmland? Mostly, mostly rural, yes, and very mountainous. So Mountainous, okay. Yes. Yeah. So is not a lot of farms then? Um, the lower part that is bordering with Hungary has a lot of lowlands that are very fertile, and that's that's okay. where you have a lot of farms. But everybody's farming. It's a very, it's still very ag agro, you say, um, community. Like everybody has their own gardens, and everybody oh. still knows how to um, plant stuff and grow stuff. Did you have chickens? Uh, well. Uh, my parents oh. moved um, to the city, so we lived in the city. Um, okay. So I don't, um, I know my grandmother had chickens and pigs and everything, and every summer I would spend there, but um, I myself grew up in the city. My dad is a professor or was a professor, so we lived in the, in the city. What city? What city was that? Uh, it's the capital of Slovakia. It's uh, pronounced Bratislava, B-R-A-T-I-S-L-A-V-A. And it's about an hour away from Vienna. What did your dad teach? Uh, psychology. Really? Yeah. Wow. That, what was that like having a psychology professor dad? Oh, well, that's... <laughs> <laughs> That's a whole another topic. Okay. 
Well, we don't have to get into that if you don't want to. Uh, interesting. Uh, no, so, I just don't. I thought, yes. Uh, I would you like uh, to lay on the couch while you tell very... us this? Would you like to lay on the couch <laughs> while you tell us this story? <laughs> so I did, um, I did enough of that. Yeah. <laughs> so your your mother language is Slovakian. Is that how you say yes. it? Yes. Okay. And do you speak any other languages? Um, Besides I thought it was yes I just well everybody who grew up in behind the iron curtain had to learn Russian so um, I when I counted all the years of um, learning Russian I think it ended up to 12 years of Russian but I can't really speak it <laughs> because our way of resenting the oppression was um, not to learn the language properly Oh, wow. That's funny. Uh, you probably could sp yeah. understand quite a bit of it, though. Um, it's quite passive. When I started learning English, which was quite late in my life, um, it kind of pushed out the Russian, which was surprising. And I never picked the Russian back. So, Dobre utro, diabushka. Oh, dobre utro. Oh, so you still do <laughs> have some. I get that. Yes. You'd still do. Okay. Some passive, yeah. I have some passive German too, because living in Bratislava, you could um, receive the Austrian television. So you could watch the Western television, even though you didn't understand. Okay. Now, you that came was a here. Little treat. You came here as a student. Where did you come to study? Well, I was a student, but I didn't come as a student. Oh, I, um, okay. yes, um, after the, the fall of communism, um, there were all kinds of people appearing in, uh, in the country who found uh, a way of making money by teaching English to, to students. And I, at the time, uh, was already working and I was working in the center of the town. So that's where all the uprising was taking place. Um, and that's where I met all these American val volunteers. And um, one of them invited me to come to America. And, um, and I went. And that's how I found myself in New York City uh, as a student in the summer of 1990. And, um, and I was shocked um, from what I saw, I have to say. And I, um, um, you were I shocked by in, what you saw. You were shocked by what you yes. saw in New York City. Yes. Yeah. What was shocking to you? Um, you know, when I um, started dreaming about America, um, and I believe that was rather unexpected then um i don't even you know um i don't even know how it started but i started dreaming that one day i would be living in america uh, while still being in a country that would not let people leave you know um oppressive countries have this one uh, element that is similar to them they don't let you to leave them <laughs> and um so, um, so when I um, started dreaming about living in, in America and then finally um, I found myself in the United States and um, 
I could see all kinds of, of things that were just absolutely in opposition to everything I had dreamt of, um, like the family relations or, um, oh, I don't even know where to start. This, it, it was huge. It was um, the minority uh, population and the way they treated their children and the poverty levels and the dirt. And um, there's just general... Um, I don't know, even know, like um, simple things like basic care. You know, I one of the things that I noticed was that many people, and this is silly, but um, many people had all kinds of um, orthopedic issues. <laughs> like people would have crooked legs and, um, and knees, you know, together. I don't even know how you say that. And you don't see that in Slovakia because... Um, one professor somewhere suggested that children, when they are born, would be wrapped certain way, and and there was a care provided for everybody, and so you don't see that in in Slovakia. And I was wondering, like, how how does a country that offers such a freedom and and um, and you know, for me, it was a, a place where I so longed to, to go to, to experience this freedom. And I saw the, the simplest things not working and, um, and that people were not taking care of each other and where um, like the family relations were awful. And New York City was awful. You know, I think New York City has its specifics. It's really raw and rough. Uh, but it's so many years ago, and I had that epiphany back then that America needs um, needs a change. <laughs> it needs something that it didn't. Can you experience. describe something in New York City specifically that that was shocking to you or upsetting to you? Like a specific oh, um, example. Okay. So, um, you know, I was, um, I grew up in a church, even though it was a communist country, they, they led us because we were a small congregation um, and we were constantly being watched and persecuted, but we still had life um, together and kind of were protected uh, within that small congregation. So I was instilled. Hold on, hold on a second. Well, hold on a second. Morals. So when you say, mm -hmm. when you say, now you're back in Slovakia, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. Can you give a specific, be as specific as possible, give us a specific story so that we have an idea of what you mean by, by oppression or something like that. Can you, can you describe okay. something for us? And we'll yeah. go to back to New York in a bit, but. Okay. So just few, few things, you know, um, um, Slovakia or Czechoslovakia was um, um, the the harshest persecution was right after the the communists took over um, in 1948, and um, and then um, they would um, turn against everybody who in some way was connected to the West, even people who fought in the Second World War. If they were connected with the British 
if there was any connection with the West, that was considered to be a negative thing. And then what started to be negative was if uh, you were connected with uh, uh, intellectia. And, um, and my dad, who, uh, who was a professor, I know he had to make certain decisions um, because he was also raised uh, in a Christian family uh, where, and that's why we had to move from the Eastern part to the capital so he could have the job that he had. And, um, and in the church, there were people in the 50s who were um, imprisoned because of, um, of the faith. And, um, and me as a, as a small child, um, we were always watched, like um, there would be a service and suddenly in the middle of the service, somebody would um, loudly come down to the main sanctuary and you would know that's a guy who was sent there because he didn't know how to behave in the church. Or I would leave um, Saturday um, um, our church because I used to go to the choir and suddenly two uh, policemen would ask me where was my brother and and I was shocked that they knew I had a brother and that they knew that um, he left earlier and um, so there was always um, uh, a terror of knowing that you were being watched and then in the school um, you know you were asked if you were a believer and I had many Catholic uh, friends who are believer, but they, you were asked to stand up <laughs> to, um, to admit that you believe um, in God because um, wearing a cross was forbidden. I was reprimanded for having, a... when I came to America and I heard people being told the same thing, I had PTSD. <laughs> wow. So, um, so the government told you not to wear a cross? Uh, well, teachers in the school told mm -hmm. me not to. Was it a government school? Everything was government. Everything okay. was public. Every, is everything what, is government. Yes. Everything belongs to everybody, right? Okay. So how did you come to believe in God then? How, how is it that there's a church if everything is government? Well, um, I um, uh, I I don't know how it is in other countries, but um, you know uh, Slovakia because it was very rural country um, and because of its history, it was very Catholic. The Catholic religion was um, even I I think to this day it's like seventy percent of people confess the Catholic faith. But I grew up in a small um, um, how do you call it? Small religious group. I don't know. Uh, a tradition um, that is very close, and I don't know if you're familiar with them. Uh, they were called, um, or it's very close to the tradition that uh, here is recognized by the name uh, Moravian Brothers. Um, I've heard of it. Yeah. Okay. So. Um, Yes, yeah, so uh, those were uh, the people who stood against the Catholic Church uh, because they translated the Bible and believed everybody should be able to read the Bible in their own language and uh, live a simple life by basically reading the Bible and doing what the Bible says and helping others and, um, and just, you know, live godly life in the community where you 
Sounds very sounds Protestant to me. It is. It is Protestant. But yeah. I think it was um, the tradition is even before Protestant. It was just, um, you know, it starts with uh, John Huss, and that's like 1400s. Yeah, he's a big name. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. Uh, that's helpful so, because there's a lot of roots of Protestantism that go back long before Protestantism. Yeah, right, right. Um, I mean, Protestants yeah, so, would uh, say it goes back to the Bible, but you know, that's yeah. that's pretty. That's way before Protestantism. Yeah, but and even Saint Augustine, you know, right. Um, yeah, sometimes you know, um, many people had to die for uh, for the simplest truth that is written somewhere on the pages yes. of the Bible. How old were you when you? Be... How old were you when you became a believer? In well, in, you're talking about Christianity, are believers. right? Yes. Okay. okay. Uh, my parents uh, are believers. My grandparents are believers. So um, everybody in my family that I had known were believers in the same church. So um, um, I grew up in it. And then uh, when I was about 13 years old, um, I became alive to, um, to it. And um, I, you know, I went through a regular life <laughs> and did things that I'm not so happy about, but I have never, um, doubted or walked away or anything like that were you baptized yes um i was um i was baptized um when i was 18 and and again if it triggers something does, does it i was do baptized you, twice you were baptized did you believe at the time you were baptized yes yeah okay yeah um I think it might be a little confusing for some folks listening here in the future that everything is government and yet there's a church there. Why didn't the government, or when you say a church, you mean a church building or were these people's homes that were being met in? Was it a church building that pre-existed well, um, communism? Um, yes, there was a church building that pre-existed communism, but okay. um, still people still went there and the government didn't yes. shut it down. Um, they um, they had more control and they were more afraid of people going to Catholic churches than they were afraid of these little congregations. And um, and I think it is um, just a miracle that God allowed. And um, and I know many people were persecuted, but they did in, um, in Czechoslovakia, they allowed these little churches. They kept an eye on you. Like we were right behind our church building was right behind the main secret service building, which is that. <laughs> You know, how funny is that? But um, maybe, uh, maybe some of them became Christians if they, if they listened in. You know, yeah, well, there, there are many stories of how those who persecuted um, the leaders of our church actually uh, gave the biggest favors during the harshest times. And um, yeah. So you, you, um, you use the word terrified. Did you feel, yeah. how often were you afraid, do you think, as you look back? Well, I grew up afraid of um, of police all the time. Like um, um, 
you know, people were smuggling Bibles or there were many visitors who were coming. And any time where you were in contact with somebody coming from the West, you knew you were being watched and you knew there would be consequences of you being in touch with the people from the West. But somehow, and I I don't know the details, but somehow, uh, like we would have summer camps in the birth house of our pastor and we would have a missionary from holland um coming there and um you know having the whole week uh with us and teaching us and stuff like that and it was quite common so we we were able to have contact but everything was secret we were aware that if somebody knew about it or if somebody called somebody on us that would be an issue but Somehow uh, we were protected and um, and blessed because um, that was very unusual <laughs> to be able to to hear from people from behind, you know. Right. Did you have guns growing up? So, uh, well, we we had to be trained to shoot in the school. That was a part of a regular phys ed because those Americans were coming and um, and we had to be prepared to defend. Yes, rifles. And this is in, how old were you when you learned how to shoot a rifle? Um, well, it started in the eighth grade of elementary, uh, what is it, middle school here. And um, then every year in high school. So. Really, every year, wow. So you were trained in firearms. Yeah by the communist teachers to, Firearms to be ready and throwing grenades yes throwing grenades stuff. wow to to uh yeah. that sounds like an idyllic childhood actually so you were learning to to uh resist the americans yes yes yeah we had That's bunker in our school so we also learn how to run there and how to put the masks on and um, how to protect yourself in case you throw an atomic bomb on us. And were yeah. you afraid of the Americans as a kid? No, I did not trust. You know, I grew up knowing who is the enemy. So um, I knew the, the communists were the enemy. So everything they told us, I knew it was a lie. That's so a, that's living quite... like that. That's quite amazing. How did you know, as you're saying, as a little kid being trained to shoot Americans, how did you know at such a young age that that was a lie? That the Americans um, were something to be afraid of? Well, I don't know, but, um, you know, by the time, um, well, I'm thinking what could happen. You know, in 1968, um, I don't know if you know that, that um, uh, there was uh, something that they called um, a spring. I think it was called a spring uh, during uh, when in you Czechoslovakia. Say, when you say they, I don't know who you mean by they called. Who's they? I mean the government. I mean the, gov the communist government. Um, sorry. Um, wanted to change the regime and kind of loosen all the regulations and everything. And um, they wanted to change the government into what they call the communism with the human face. And um, yeah, I, I remember that. Yeah, that's right. Remember? I remember that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. So yeah, there was, a, there was some it. kind of reform or something, but that was before yes, your memory, yes. right? Okay. 
right. So, you know, I was one year old, but this is from what I read. Uh, but uh, the government was called back to, uh, to Russia. And this is during the Brezhnev's era. And, um, and whatever happened there, they came back and many of them lost their positions. And, um, and the Russians then invaded Czechoslovakia in the summer of 68 and stayed as occupiers ever since. So they had their um, army um, bases all over the country. And um, so I yes, think I do, general, I do remember um, that. Yes, that's right. You remember. Yeah. So, yeah. so I think ever since, I would think that the general air about the communism was that um, it's against us. So um, the air has changed. Not many people, unless they were in power and they oppressed everybody, the people under, they all were against the regime. So there was a foreign influence from the Russians to yes. double down on communism and atheism. Right. Yeah. Okay. And there was and a so sense there's a sense among growing, the people. Uh is it correct that yeah. there's a sense among the people in the late sixties that there's something foreign about this communism being pushed in from without from outside of the country. Right. From Russia. Right. Okay. So you, you know, you did all this thing, all those things that they expected, but you were resentful or you took it as a joke. Um, so we all were doing it, but nobody, you know, believed in it anymore. So you're saying it was common uh, feeling in the town with the people your age and other people that you you try not to make trouble with the government but at the same time you know that what you're being told by the government is not true with exactly. about co about communism but you're not going to exactly. fight it okay because you're afraid yeah. um hmm. it felt um um i don't hmm. Uh, I guess it felt too too big to even consider um, that, um, you know, like those people in 1968, they were in government and they tried. And now who who are you to think you can change it kind of? Yeah, that makes sense. I guess. That makes sense. Yeah. Russia is very big. Um, uh, very yeah. powerful. Yeah. Okay. So were you more afraid of the Soviet Union than America? When you lived there, I was never afraid of America. I you were never just, afraid of America. Right. No, I just um, I I longed to go there because I believed that all the propaganda that they were feeding us was just the propaganda. You know, like um, okay, all these lies. All right, uh, again, what else can you say? And I I did not believe any of it. Okay, now Donka, I'm going to ask you to pull up some memories because there's some people here that enjoy firearms and they're 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 going to be upset if i don't ask you specifically which firearms you were trained on were you trained on the ak-47 
what were you trained on? I think it was. Um, Did it have a bolt that you pulled back? A bolt? What yes. kind of? Okay. So it was an old gun. Old, old, it was right. an old gun, yes. Older and gun. you had to put two bullets in. So um, I don't know what it was. Maybe it was just a simple um, air gun. I don't know. It might have been an air gun. Okay. And did you were you trained on a handgun? No. Pistol? Mm -hmm. No pistol? Okay. No pistol. No. All right, everybody. I asked. So you can... <laughs> They were, that's the only part they wanted to hear about. And now we go back to New York City. <laughs> so New York City, <laughs> we, remember we were talking about New York City and you were yes. talking about, you got there and there was some things that were wonderful, but at the same time, you were disappointed in what you saw. So right. tell us about, can you give us some examples, maybe one or two, uh, a good example of something that you remember from New York City that disappointed you? Um, well, um, remember we were being fed about uh, capitalism and how awful it is and how destructive it is. And, and everything that I had heard was uh, dismissed as propaganda in my mind. And then um, I found myself in New York City and um, um, in a family of, um, of the teacher who had invited me and um, and uh, I was observing the relations in the family and um, and then I got to see some other families and it felt like the simplest um, things that I had not seen before were happening, like the disrespect, the, the dishonor, um, You're saying betrayal, disrespect of like, the parents to the children or the children to the parents, or... children to the parents. Children okay. to the parents, like so, um, so the American kids are brats. Um, like something had been lost, you know, something basic had been lost or or was never there. Um, lack of um, lack of love and and just I don't know, you know, like that's when you come to Slovakia, you still can see that that families, everything. I I did yeah. not see that here, right? You know. So you're saying that uh, you had to respect your parents when you were a kid? Um, I didn't even think about it. It was just a common thing. You, did your yeah. parents did your parents spank you for being disobedient? Yes. You were spanked? But like my dad, my mom did. My dad um, slapped me being a psychologist three times. <laughs> did did that, did, did children was it was it common? For parents to spank their kids in Slovakia for, for being disrespectful yes. or disobedient. Okay. Yes. Yeah. To uh, this day, it's very common. To this day. Uh, yes. In New York City at this in this uh, situation with your living situation, the family, what was their beliefs? Did they have did they go to church? They were Catholics. Yeah. yeah. The Americans? They were Catholics. Okay. Uh, Catholic Italians. Yes. Several generations of okay. Italians. Yeah. Do you think that they were Republicans or Democrats? Do you recall? Um, Did they live in the city? I know. I. They lived in the city. Yes. Um, Queens? Where did I they live? I don't remember. 
uh, they lived in, in Queens okay. and Long Island. Long Island. All right. Yeah. All right. So um, how many kids, how, well, how many sisters and brothers do you have? I only have one brother. Okay. What's his name? Um, I promise I won't Jan. record him. <laughs> it's, it's Jan. <laughs> it's John. John, English John. So yeah, yeah, Jan, Jan Huss. J. Yes, yeah. Same thing. Yeah, Jan. Yeah. Um, I promise I won't call him Jan. Okay. No, please don't call him. So that <laughs> I will was not one call him Jan. thing that, yeah. Uh, okay, so how many um, kids? Things, though, about how many how many kids were in the New York family? Four. Four kids. Okay, so mm -hmm. this was a chaotic household. Well, you know they were all grown up, so you would think that by the time everything is okay, but um, there was uh, what I would call, if I would, would call it today, in some way, I think there was a lot of personality disorder issue happening there. <laughs> like and and I feel like I came to New York and I saw a lot of people with mental disorders um, which were at the time considered to be normal like people were acting as if that was the way of life did and they, then did they morally, ever talk, I, did they ever talk about Rudy Giuliani um, that you recall I think he was not in power when I went no, there. He just he was a U.S. Became... attorney at the time. Oh, okay. Um, so he was in I, power. I have to disappoint him. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I, so, um, so American politics were not discussed in the household. Is that right? No. Okay. All that was discussed in the household was just popular culture, which popular was to culture. me another thing that was like, yes, yeah. like this actor yeah. did this and this sure. boxer did this. And uh, so that was another thing that did they did they go to like Bible very shallow? Did they go to Bible, Bible study studies? No, through the time uh, no. no Bible study. Okay, no, no just Bible check, study. Just checking, no Bible study. Um, the a father was a teacher. Okay, what did he teach? Um, high school. I don't remember. Yeah. All right. How long did you live with this family? Uh, for about six months. What did you do after? Well, I went back to Slovakia. <laughs> I, how, um, for how long? I was in America um, for a few months because then I got married to this man who invited me. And I went back to New York City and I lived in, in Queens for about three years. And then I went back to Slovakia and lived there for like 16 more years. And I'm back in America again. Hold on. You got married. So I came to America. You got married yeah. to Tom? Tom is my present day husband. Yes. Was this but the original? I was married okay. to a New Yorker before too. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. I just was checking. So you, you got married to an American. Yes. Okay. But then you were living in Slovakia with your husband. Yeah. He, he came eventually. Oh, okay. What was it like after communism just in Slovakia? I just, um, 
Oh, it was lovely. <laughs> uh, what what was I mean, lovely? Was because wild, we, we don't lovely. know we don't know how people made the money. How do we? How did people make money during communism? And did that change? Well, how they made okay. money? Yes, definitely. Yes. Uh, well, many things have changed. Um, you know, during communism, you are not allowed to have any private business. Everything belongs to everybody. Everything belongs to the state. So. There is no unemployment. Everybody has a job. Uh, even though you don't do anything at the job, you still get paid. Everybody gets paid little money. So everybody is somewhat the same, you know, so. Um, Sounds like you're talking about California. Uh, I mean, Slovakia. <laughs> oh, well. Yeah, so, you know, like, um, no, you don't really talk much about money because money is not an issue but people are the same everywhere and um, you know everybody's envying if you have a little more than somebody else but basically um, yeah they made sure that those that were under the powerful ones um, that they would have some little money and you could travel within the countries of the former um, Warsaw Pact countries so that's about as far as you could get but everything else was closed you couldn't get out unless you were a special person which i wasn't um you know so um so that was the life you know you learn that, to rely that was on a your life family. under uh, that was under communism, under the communism. And, that, yeah. and then uh, you came back from new york uh, how long did it take for things to change? Um, well, they are still changing. <laughs> but um, I remember when we were uh, protesting during the uprisal and before the fall of communism and um, all the speakers at the squares and everybody was saying it, it was going to take 20 years for the regime to change and for everything to be implemented. And I remember that was just, it seemed so long and seemed like an eternity. And, um, and I remember, um, you know, looking at things um, after 20 years of all those changes and realizing that a lot has changed, but um, um, yeah, I, I think, many many changes that were implemented were again not for good of the people but right after the fall it was lovely uh, during those times i believe that um, when people had hopes that the society could really be free and that we could really do whatever we wanted people were experimenting left and right with this freedom and it was crazy and it was, it was beautiful and especially people from my church, because um, the freedom was preached in our church, you know, they were ready to, um, to go out there to the world and implement everything that they had on their heart. So many started new companies and um, all kinds of initiatives, you know, to these days, um, many Christian principled activities or firms and companies are still um, very active and they win all kinds of prizes and and I see the, the those principles just um, validated left and right that they work 
And um, so when, when I'm, did you, I'm really when proud did you, of all those people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Things are better in Slovakia now than they were when you were, than the, when you were a kid. Um, everything is more colorful and beautiful. Did you notice how everything in America became grayish? We have black and white houses everywhere. It's like little prison here in Jersey. <laughs> People love their gray kitchens. And so, um, yeah, Slovakia became more colorful. So now what do you think is making America gray and bad? Now, why would you want to become an American? Oh, um, uh, because I still believe that... Um, the country is the country of uh, free and brave and that you know when i look at slovak children and american children i see a lot that i wish our children would have and they still don't have it which is um, courage and boldness and they don't have a lot of um garbage or generational stuff <laughs> They have something else. I don't know. It's like the air is different. There is um, there is difference in the air. That's There's a sure. difference in the air in America? Yes. Yeah. Different from what? I think some battles, battles have been won in America that have not been won yet in Europe. Some and battles. That, hold on. Say, say that again. Some battles have been won in America that have not been won yes. in Europe. Is that right? In Europe. Yeah. Can you be specific yeah. about that? Because I have no idea. A lot of people might have no idea what you mean by that. <laughs> well, um, just looking at the Constitution and um, and what it says, you know, um, like the the free speech thing or um the governance by the people and we the people and all this stuff is is something that is still not common um you know the, the mindset of um if there is a problem that i can take care of it is not common more of the what you see in um is it uvalde what was that uvalde um, I don't You're talking about the, the recent recent school yeah. murders, the the murders that happened yes, in school yes. in Texas. Yeah, that's. Yes. I don't know like, how to say the town. When I saw, um, or what? Okay, but that's what I'm talking. Like when I I don't know the truth yet, but when I observe the police reacting the way they did, it's waiting for somebody else to make a decision to act. Um, that's very common in Europe. You, you don't take initiative. You are waiting for somebody else to make that decision mm. so you don't step on anybody else's toes. But um, what I saw before in America was that you see a problem and you run. You run to solve it. And mm. I think that's more American than... So your original view that. of America you think is actually closer 
to the design of the country and how it was designed to give people freedom to solve their own problems, solve the problems that come up? Yes. Yes. So you think America is becoming um, more like communism? Like there, there's an attempt to try to do that? Well, um, um, yes, I, I started, you know, I came back 13 years ago and um, it became more and more prevalent that what was happening, especially, you know, because of the, uh, the way that my brain works. Um, I kind of perceive things more than I think about them. And uh, so when I started seeing all those color changes, that was like the first sign for me that what is this attraction with uh, gray? <laughs> you know, um, I don't know if you see it in California, but in New Jersey, suburbia, everybody has now a gray kitchen and the houses are white with black window trimming. I don't know. Is that happening in California? No, it's not. Um, and so it looks like you're, you know, um, surrounded by places that look like little prisons from the communist Czechoslovakia to me. And, okay. um, and so right. those were the first signs. And, and then, of course, I work in the public education system. And oh, I didn't know that. How Hold people on. Were afraid. Hold on. See, I never knew that. Oh. So you work in a public school. Oh, yes. What do you do? Uh, well, I work with autistic students as, as an aide. Okay. Um, so it's the, the position in the public education where you cannot change it much, you know. Um, but I am a, a special ed teacher, but don't have certification. So that's why I am in the school again at this time. So I am what do you notice a about student the again. What do you notice about the schools that bothers you? That you don't think conforms to the idea of America? Uh, well, um, everything good that I have learned in my life was from American teachers that would come to Slovakia. So all the strategies and everything that I had used was from Americans. Everything about touch and the importance of touch was from the Americans. And then I would come to, um, to America and suddenly you realize you cannot do this and you cannot do that and you don't do that. And when you work with autistic students who uh, who are, you know, three years old who come into the classroom and scream and yell and run around and throw themselves and you are not allowed to touch them. <laughs> you realize that something is not right here. And um, yeah, so I would have more questions than, than answers. And I saw that the common sense is lost and um, that something rotten has happened. And um and I, I don't know what to say. I feel like this needs to change again. This is not right. I make that makes sense. Now, do you still love America? Then, do you? Are you obviously you became an American citizen? So, what do you like about America? Yes, um, if anything. <laughs> well, 
Uh, no, I, I do. You would be surprised. It took me some time and I needed um, actually to ask God to help me to love America again. <laughs> and he did it. So um, uh, now there is enough beauty here. It's just that uh, a lot of things um, has been corrupted. And, um, you know, this takes this would take many um, discussions to talk about all of that. But um, um, I don't know if you, um, I don't know where, well, kind of, I know a little because I read things where you stand, but, um, but I feel that- um, I'm a communist, just FYI. It's almost like you are in the war. I'm a communist, I'm an atheist. Yeah. And I voted for uh, Barack Obama and bernie sanders yes. both of them at the same time and right. and right. joe biden and in fact Our i fill out a ballot for joe biden yeah. every day still yes. sorry you have to have you have uh, to have a sense of humor because otherwise you go bed. crazy you yeah. go crazy without a sense of humor sorry yeah. right, you were saying yeah um well, you helped me a lot also while you were still a professor writing all your observation and um, all the stuff that you had to face, you know. Um, that's why I felt like I, uh, I needed to encourage you not to give up because the battle is fierce. <laughs> um, but there is a lot to fight for, you know. And, um, and if we give, uh, give, if America gives up, if America does not um, stand for for the values that you know um, created it, um, nobody else will. And um, and you see how Canada, who is right here next to us, is so easily giving up on everything. It's just like I can't believe what's happening there. So um, uh, yeah, we need to we need to stand whatever. Can you give a specific can, for can, you give, can you give a specific example about Canada that bothers you? Um, well, I have been listening to um, podcasters a lot, you know, ever since Trump started running for presidency, and I realized that I know nothing of the American politics. Uh, you know, I'm just an ordinary person. I don't listen to the news. I had to turn it off because I just couldn't. Like we don't have cable or anything like that. And um, and I started looking for people who were um, talking about situation and searching news as I used to during communism because um, in that regime you never learn anything from the newspaper. You know, you had to learn and develop a skill of reading between the lines if you wanted to learn anything close to the truth. And um, so I started listening from different, um, different people. Like um, there was this um, a Polish pastor um, that somehow came across uh, my screen who was arrested during the COVID um, because um, he wanted to keep the service and the police would come and wanted to shut him down. Are you aware of him? Yes, I, I have seen something. I'm not sure his name and I don't know if it was the same one. It might be more, more than one person. Well, I think his name is Arthur Pavlovsky or something like that. 
and um so um, yes he was he was arrested i think he was arrested by the police for having a church service right yeah. right and then um and then he was persecuted more and um and then there were some other things happening um like the law uh that has been passed and um and certain things that were against the churches that just um you know right now i can't um can't remember but i just couldn't believe that they would tolerate this you know i wasn't prepared for uh, talking about uh canada so i um i don't exactly know what it is but um um i just remember everything that mr trudeau is saying it just gives me um itches whatever i get <laughs> i start scratching when i hear him speaking you know because um he's so kindly oppressive that i can't take it uh well i'm glad to be of service to you uh <laughs> i hope i'm helping um your husband seems to like me so that's good <laughs> I've never met you guys in person, but it's oh, always of nice to, you. yeah. I think right. your husband says, come no. over here and have a cigar. I think he says that. Yes. Yeah. 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 That's what he does with his friends. Yes. That's cool. Do yeah. you, um, do you tell me what it was like when you were going through the ceremony of becoming a citizen? What was that like? Did you have to take a test? Oh, um, yeah. Um, I don't know if you um, are familiar with the with the process of becoming a citizen. Um, I am familiar you know, with the, pay, I, I'm familiar um, with the process that I went through, and the the process I went through was I just got I was born, and so I was like really relieved when I was born. Yes. Mm -hmm. I was really relieved because <laughs> that I was like, not only am I a citizen now, but my mom can't kill me. <laughs> so it was, it was great. I somehow dodged a bullet on that one. Sort of still vulnerable though. And she did spank me. So, but I, I don't, I don't, blame, I don't blame that it. on, yeah. I don't blame that on Roe versus Wade though. But yeah, I'm glad. Actually, I'm glad that my mom spanked me. I don't remember exactly <laughs> why, but I have a feeling wow. that it was probably, at least in maybe most times, it was probably appropriate, I think. But anyway, so tell mm -hmm. us about the ceremony. Um, for those who don't know what it's like, the test, the process. Well, Uh, well, you have to uh, qualify for it. So there are many things you need to be eligible for before uh, you even apply. And, um, and then, um, um, you know, I didn't want to become a citizen because I didn't want to lose my other citizenship. Um, but then um, when I realized that... Um, they changed the legislator, uh, legislation in Slovakia and I could still keep my Slovak citizenship. I was glad that I could do this. And um, 
Um, so you apply, you pay a hefty fee. Um, I don't know what it is now. It was almost $800 um, to apply. And, um, and then you wait for them to um, respond to you and tell you that they have uh, a place for you to come to be tested, um, knowing English and knowing the history of America and politics and um, some legislative laws, you know. So I had to find out who is my representative and who is the congressman and how many we have here and how many states. and and a lot of stuff uh, from the history. And then uh, it took um, a year and a half for me to get an appointment. And, um, and when I got there, um, the test is really a joke because they ask you to write one sentence in English. Um, so anybody can pass it really. And the sentence was like the capital of um, United States is DC, Washington or something like that. And, um, um yeah they ask you like three questions or from from the test and that's it um and then um your schedule for your uh, oath and i had to wait for that uh, another five months to be scheduled for that <laughs> and um and then because of the COVID still, nobody else could be present, just those people who were swear being sworn. And, um, wow. and it was interesting. How, the, oh, how ridiculous is that? Jeez. Yeah. Were and, you, af um, were you afraid to get long. sick while you were doing the, the uh, oath? <laughs> no, you, you know, it was nobody's a month afraid ago. So yeah, geez. Yeah. What, a, what a bunch of crap. And we had to sit, you know, six feet apart still. And um, and the family me. was in another serious? room. Oh my gosh! Yes. Oh my! Yeah. The family was in another room. Yeah. I cannot even imagine what the hospitals are like there. Oh my gosh! I don't know, but um, it wasn't like that before. You know, people who remember it from the times before, like they said, the whole room would be full family would be there not this time so it was not very celebratory but um i remember this one thing from from saying the oath that i had to renounce any agreements with any king and any princess and i had to swear my allegiance to the united states and um so i said okay i renounce every um allegiance with the king but god himself <laughs> And um, and that was it. Did you swear under oath? Did you swear to God? Um, wow. Um, I mean, who, no, are you I making, you who are you making the oath to? To the United States. Okay. But under what authority, though? Now you ask me a question. I just remember when they asked me to renounce the, um, I don't think they say, so help me God. It's a very yeah. old language. It's yeah. like some words I couldn't even understand what I was repeating. Hmm. Um, it would be interesting to find out what you're actually swearing, but 
Yeah. Um, if if you heard that language again, would you recall it? Yeah. Yeah. Let me see if I can find it. Let me see if I can find it here. The naturaliza naturalization oath. Let's see here. I hereby declare on oath that I absolutely and entirely renounce. Is this, does this sound right? Yeah. Let me, see so I, let me see if I can share my screen here. All right. I'm going to share my screen. And I'm going to make it bigger. Those who are listening on Apple Podcasts, I know you cannot see this, but we'll read it to you. I hereby declare on oath that I absolutely and entirely renounce and abjure all allegiance and fidelity to any foreign prince, potentate, state, or sovereignty of whom or which I have heretofore been a subject or citizen, semicolon, that I will support and defend the Constitution. Hey, I like that. That's me saying that. And the laws of the United States of America against all enemies, foreign and domestic. Wow. Mm -hmm. Cool. I like that. Anybody who right? is against the Constitution is an enemy, huh? Even domestic. Got it. Mm -hmm. That I will bear true faith and allegiance to the same. And I will bear arms. Oh, this is getting even better. <laughs> On behalf of the United States, when required by the law. That I will perform non-combatant service in the armed forces of the United States when required by the law, that I will perform work of national importance under civilian direction when required by the law. In other words, you're going to be available if there's some kind of emergency where we're invaded. That's me. Right. That's not part of the oath. And back to the oath. And that I take this obligation freely without any mental purpose or uh, without any re reservation or purpose of evasion, semicolon. Why don't you read the rest of it there, Danka? So help me God. Yes. Very interesting. <laughs> Fascinating. Take a screenshot of that. Yeah, so help me God. Did you say the last part? Yeah. Okay. Do you do you swear that you said the last part? <laughs> what did you uh did you were you comfortable saying that oath? Um yes. Um yeah, I just remember the part where I said uh, where it said to renounce any foreign prince. Uh-huh. Um I have um I said but you got <laughs> okay good because you know sure yeah and by prince they didn't mean the rock star because he died a while ago. he died back in 2016 no they didn't mean the rock <laughs> and they didn't mean michael jackson no, but it did surprise me yeah um, who i didn't know was called but that's prince how old is the until he was my student is this, oh 
<laughs> the same the same semester prince died all right well sorry i'm i'm talking oh. over you i think we're having internet issues here but uh donka are you oh. donka does your name mean thank you in slovakian what does the name donka mean does it mean anything it's in german it's no it's okay um no it doesn't mean anything we have a tendency in slovak to um to change uh, the names into like more a familiar mm-hmm. form yeah so um you would be lukashko you would be lukashko and i'm Danga. <laughs> really lukashko wow i'm gonna mm-hmm. start going by that i'm gonna start going by that here in california lukashko i bet people treat me better if they think i'm ukrainian or something yeah, uh, they think i'm ukrainian then all of a sudden yeah, they start yeah. you know giving me rights they're like, oh, you can't have a gun, Lucas. No, it's Lukashko. Oh, well then, yes. <laughs> Let's give a, you more guns. Oh, <laughs> Donka, oh by the uh, way, I, I am a yeah. gun owner. You know that? Do you know that? Oh, really? I, I don't yeah. think I knew that. Uh, Donka, did you, you're a gun owner? Donka, yes. why did you wait till the end to say that? We should have started with that, and then <laughs> in the know, middle, that was and, like the major thing to say. That's really what I wanted to see. I didn't know. Talk this. about. Did you what? What kind oh. of gun do you have? Oh well. What kind of gun? Uh, do you well, have? I have Magnum three. What is it? Yeah. Don't be shy. Three fifty. What did you say? Sorry. You saying a three fifty seven Magnum? Yes. It's a revolver. Yes. Mm-hmm. What kind? Yes. What? Who makes it? What's the company? Oh, please! I don't know. Oh, you're killing us. Because there's 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 several <laughs> there's several companies. Is it a Smith and okay, Wesson? Maybe when my husband passes by, I is it a Ruger? Him. Is it a Colt? Is it new or old? No, it's a new. Um, new it's probably okay. Smith Wesson. All right. I'll ha- ask my husband. So it's new. That means if it's a Smith and Wesson, it's got a Hillary hole. Um, yeah, please do, and I'll sh- I'll put it in the episode notes. What the? Uh, do you have ammunition for it? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Good. And you know how to shoot it? You know how to uh, safe- Yeah, I'm pretty good. And you, it's uh, safe. You know how to do it safely. Me- Yes, I know how to do it safely, but what upsets me in New Jersey is that it's useless. Tell us you more. have to keep the lock. You have to keep the lock on the gun. You have to have gun in the container, right? You have to have it at home. You can't carry it with you. Uh, so what's the purpose of it? You cannot take it to the shooting range? Well, you can take it to the shooting range, but um, when I wanted to have a gun, because um, that's part of this freedom thing, I wanted to have it in the car. I can't do it. Okay. Although I heard that there was some law, legislative change that might, somehow permit me to do that 
Wasn't well, there something that was... Uh... Yesterday, there was a major Supreme Court decision in the case of uh, the New York Rifle and Pistol Association, which is right across the river from you. Right. Uh, overturning um, as offensive to the Second Amendment of the Constitution and the 14th Amendment, which incorporates the Second Amendment against the states, against the Democrat states. The, that the Democrat states and any Republican that wants to go along with the Democrat state, they have to respect the right to bear arms in public for self-defense. And that means that you have to be able right, so... to take it outside of your home loaded and ready for self-defense. And the mm -hmm. state cannot prevent you from doing that okay so now there's right. now a, there's now a so process in, let's see there's now let's a process in place will let me yeah well there's now a process in place that and there's a fight mm -hmm. they're going to fight any way they can but the thing is is the way they fight will have to change because previously they would just make a law to strip you of your right to self-defense. Now they can't do that. So they have to find other ways and they probably are not going to be very good mm -hmm. at it because you can now sue them in court. So mm -hmm. yeah, that's good. And today Roe versus Wade was overturned. We're recording this on Yes. June 24th, 2022. And uh, Roe versus Wade was overturned six to three today. Yesterday, New York Rifle and Pistol Association versus Bruin was overturned. The, uh, the May issue in terms of concealed carry permits across the country now. And that will mainly affect six states. Oh, so, good news. Six Democrat states. Yeah. They're all Democrat states. Hawaii, California, New York, Maryland. Um, what are the other ones? There's two more, I forget. Uh, yeah, I'll have to look it up. Yeah, I'll have to look it up. Maryland and uh, it might be New Jersey, actually. I I'm not sure. But anyway, um, uh, Donka, we are so grateful for you coming on and sharing a little bit of your story. Is there anything else you want to leave us with? Anything you want to tell America? Um, All Americans? Yeah, just keep keep fighting and um, you have a good ground. And don't forget that all your freedoms are based on the promises given by God and that he is on your side. And uh, just keep going. The fight for Eve for for good is not easy, so um, don't be discouraged. That's very encouraging. Thank you for that. Yep. Thank you for becoming and an thank American. Thank you for citizen. having me. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Okay. It's um it's it's a pleasure to be part of this because I know the change um, is in the air. And uh, today is a proof of it. So. Yes. Yeah. Donka, is there anything that you would like to tell 
people that are not Americans that might be listening to this? Oh, wow. Um, you have people who are not American listening to this? Yes. We have an international okay. audience. Um, it turns out there's people around the world that care about huh. America for some reason. Wow. Hello. Hello to you, wherever so, you are. Uh, I don't know where you are, but hello <laughs> to you. Hello from America. We, we yeah. are so grateful you're listening. Hello. So one thing is whatever you hear in the news is, is a lie. Um, so learn to um, look for information and, um, and remember that when Americans are fighting for the right to bear arms, it's for the right to defend the truth and freedom. It's not for some crazy reasons that, um, that you might read of in the papers or television. Since you are standing for the, for the right to bear arms as one of many. Yes. Okay, that's a good word, Donka. Well, I hope that you tell Tom, your husband, mm -hmm. I said hello. I would love to meet him someday. I will. And have a cigar. He hasn't been around, so I couldn't ask him what was the gun, but some other time, I'm sure he will <laughs> volunteer that information. <laughs> okay. Yeah, let us know what well, the naked you. model of and, it is. Okay. Okay. Thank you, Don. All right.